Thank you for choosing Baudoa on the Slice and Dice podcast. After a peaceful night's sleep, the road awaits. Adventure calls. As the dawn greeted the town of Shekner, it seems that some of the five individuals we have been following fared better overnight than others. Awaking before even some of the staff, Marl makes her way downstairs to a window seat, looking out into the distance and waiting patiently for breakfast to be served. Surprised at being the second to wake up, Kido is a little sheepish on seeing Mara and quietly and respectfully makes his way outside, his longsword and dagger neatly wrapped up in a bundle under his arm. It was customary in his clan to perform morning rituals with the sword, but it was a practice that would look very strange to those outside of his clan and one probably best to be kept secret. Finding a convenient and sheltered spot around the side of the tavern, Kido sets out to start his ritual, starting with a meditative pose, swords in bundle in his lap. As he rises from the seating position to begin some sword strokes and salutations to the sun, he overhears a couple of voices whispering. His keen senses detected that one of the voices belonged to Etta Arkath, the dwarf spymaster who had tasked them with heading to the Stone Tooth. Hailing from a village that was riddled with secrets, Kido had always been taught to be discreet about his practices and even about his heritage. Not wishing to draw any further attention to himself, Kido carried on with his rituals as if he had never heard the voices at all, concerned that they may well be overlooking him during this time, and he would not want to give away that he too was listening in. The whisperers did not have long to enjoy the quiet, however, for they and Kido were soon interrupted. Ah, Kido! Sir Giles swaggered out of the tavern, looking at the young lad with purpose. Noting the codified movements Kido was performing with his swords, Sir Giles requests a bout so that they both may get the measure of each other and practice their skills. Though Kido is somewhat apprehensive about the prospect, he does eventually agree to a bout equipping himself with his shield, as is his usual fighting style. It made for quite an interesting sight, the young man in chainmail armor, sword and shield, facing off against a nobleman with a swagger and a rapier as his only defense. To start things off, Sir Giles makes a perfunctory lunge, which Kido easily parries, before returning with a stroke of his own, tapping the swordsman on the shoulder. The superior scoffs and readjusts himself for the next bout. As the bout goes on, other members of the group start to appear. First Sankishi, silently sitting cross-legged and observing the fray. Then Mara, drawn by the sound of swords clanging outside. And lastly Myrta, who appeared to be nursing a hangover and wasn't too pleased with the noise. By the third bout, Sir Giles had finally got a hit in on Kido, to which both parties seemed satisfied to stop. Turning to their audience, Kido red-faced an embarrassment at being observed by so many people, and Sir Giles bathing in the attention. He then challenges the rest of the group to challenge him one-on-one -on -one in a duel. Eager to limber up as it was, Myrta didn't take much convincing. She raided herself, with nothing but her fists and her wit to defend her. As Sir Giles uses some fancy footwork before fainting and lunging down the side, Myrta coolly dodges before landing a chop to the chest and an uppercut to the chin. Her point proven, Myrta heads to one side to stretch out and meditate for the morning. Mara is next, drawing her two short swords. The pair are evenly matched, with both landing significant taps on the other, including a very cheeky tap on the nobleman's bottom by Mara. 
Following their bout, Sir Giles turns to Zankishi, the one member of the party who had said nothing up until this point. Wearily, the man refuses, seemingly unimpressed by the display so far. At this, Mara looks up to the sky and notes the hours are passing by already. She suggests that the group meet up again in ten minutes before heading out of town and onto their mission. This is just enough time for Kido to head to the general store in the hopes of purchasing some cooking utensils, in the hopes of making something significantly better than the rations they have been afforded. As well as the rations, the group had been provided each with a bag of potatoes, and it would be a shame to let those go to waste. But most of all, cooking reminded Kido of home, and the person he'd come all this way to find. It seems that Kido needn't have rushed though, as he was still first to appear at the spot. As he patiently waits, he is approached by a dark-haired dwarf with a neatly plaited beard. You're the ones going to the fort, right? At once nervous at being approached by a stranger, and equally baffled about how he had come by this information, Kido is lost for words. The meeting was meant to be secret. Hitting an awkward, Kido-shaped brick wall, the dwarf turns and leaves. Shortly after, Sir Giles arrives at the spot. Still utterly perplexed, Kido explains about the dwarf and what he had said. Sir Giles acts swiftly, running after the dwarf, but unfortunately loses him in a crowd of dwarf mums on the school run. As he returns to the meeting spot, Zankishi arrives, map in hand, shortly followed by Mara and Myrta. Without another word, the group head out of Shekner and towards the Stone Tooth. Aside from the many hills, it is a rather featureless landscape, and the first few hours of travel go by without incident. At lunchtime, the group decide to stop off and take a break, but it soon becomes apparent that they're not alone. Sir Giles spots something big moving in the bushes near to them. Sensing danger, and making sure the others don't oversee him, Kido steps forward and makes a transformation he has never done since being on the road. He closes his brown eyes, and when he reopens them, they are yellow resembling that of an owl's. Kido was not a half-elf as he appeared, but a shifter, one of the were-touched. He scans the bushes, but can't seem to detect any further information. Unsatisfied and growing impatient, Zankishi grabs his spear and jabs at the rustling bushes. With a strange roar, the giant badger rears up onto its hind legs. Greeted by this, two more appear on other sides of the camp, all three move in to attack. As Sir Giles and Myrta speedily fend off one, Mara is left alone facing against one of her foes. Unlike the others, however, she doesn't draw her weapon. Instead, she goes low, simulating the badger's movements as if trying to communicate with it, as if to show that she was no threat and to offer it some of her rations. Perhaps this was what drew them to the camp. Surprisingly, the badger accepts this gesture and tucks into the rations, no more a threat. Kido notices the strange behavior as he and Zankishi battle the one remaining badger. Witnessing the results, Kido attempts the same thing to his badger, though this proves less successful. As the badger moves to take Kido's rations by force, Zankishi pierces the badger with his spear. Roaring angrily, it turns and swipes at Zankishi, clawing him deeply. Determined, the young Weretouch tries one more time to calm the badger. This time, he appears more attuned to the creature, and it soon stops. After Sir Giles and Myrta drive off the one remaining badger, the five, 
along with their two new companions, decide to continue eating their rations and patch up their wounds. Satisfied with their fill, the badgers leave, heading through the bushes and into the forest that lay not far from them. Taking that as a cue, Mara takes the lead as the group continue their journey, now going through the forest. The forests of Baldoa are home to many colourful creatures, but none quite so mischievous and magical as the ones that were now beginning to stalk the party as they go through the forest. With his senses heightened, Kido notices some movement to the party's flank. He quietly heads over to Mara to warn her, being closely watched by Zankishi, who is the only one to see Kido's transformation, along with some other strange behaviours. Mara has her suspicions about what could be following them in the forest, and these are confirmed when Sir Giles calls out that his shoelaces have inexplicably been tied together. This was the work of sprites, forest fairies that don't usually involve themselves with most folk, tending to keep themselves to themselves, but will fiercely defend their territory when provoked with poison arrows and magical tricks. They are also known to detect the goodness or lack thereof in most creatures, though this is information that Mara doesn't share with the rest of the group. Unfazed, the group continue through the forest, but notably, the sprites continue to follow. Mara finds this troubling. Sprites don't usually go beyond their own borders. But some of the others are less phased. Zankishi, impatient to get to the stone tooth, insists they move on. The sun is waning by the time they reach the edge of the forest. Mara suggests they should make camp, preferably somewhere that's easily defensible, and some hilltops not far away look like a good point. Wanting to prove useful to the group, Kido offers to help Mara search for a good spot. Unfortunately, the hills are rather steep, and in his heavy armour, Kido struggles to get up the hill, and after a few moments, comes tumbling down. As he lies in the dirt, the others easily make their way up the hillside. Only Myrta, taking some pity on the timid teenager, offers to help, coming back down the hillside and carrying some of Kido's gear. Kido is incredibly embarrassed, but grateful. As the group make camp, and in order to redeem himself after his earlier performance, Kido gets out his pots and pans, along with some herbs, and starts to prepare the potatoes. When ready, he offers them to the rest of the group, giving Myrta a double helping in gratitude for her help earlier on. She is incredibly grateful, wolfing down the food as is her usual fashion. But even though there is no one else for miles around, the group are somewhat reserved, each keeping to themselves and unwinding in their own fashion. Despite having the ranger Mara in her midst, Myrta seemed the most comfortable of the group, covering herself in a blanket and sleeping contentedly as soon as the meal is over. Mara took the form of a lone sentinel, sitting on a rock looking out over the hillside, restringing her bow whilst also simultaneously keeping watch. She did not seem unhappy though, in fact she seemed more at home here than she ever did in Shekner. By comparison, Sir Giles appears to be a fish out of water, used to the urban lifestyle and privilege that comes with his position in the Duchy of Osnath. His only source of entertainment for the evening, a pack of playing cards, lavishly decorated, which he brought along with him. He attempts a few card tricks, though notably without an audience other than himself. Quietest of all is Zankishi, the only noise coming from him being an occasional scratch of his neck, in only one particular area of his neck, one particular spot. He occasionally stares out at Kido, as if trying to work him out, as if he can see the inner workings and inter Kido's soul. 
this would have been disturbing to the young shifter, had he actually noticed. Since he started cooking, Kido's mind had been elsewhere. One person dominated his thoughts, the one person that he was looking for. Transfixed on their image, Kido pulled out his dulcimer and began to play a lament. With every note, the person's face becomes clearer to him, their captivating eyes, their lovely laugh. As he continues to play, he closes his eyes and the image becomes all the clearer to him. But as the song ends, it fades. Eventually, he opens his eyes, feeling a solitary tear run down his face. This had not gone unnoticed by the others, but they decided not to comment, aside from a polite applause from Sir Giles. After this, the group decide on watches, while the rest settle down to sleep. Already alert to danger, Mara decides to take the first watch, Kido second, whilst Myrta would take the third. The reasoning for this was that the two half-elves would be able to see in the dark and so should be on watch during the darkest moments of the night. Mara and Kido's watches pass without incident, but Myrta hears something in the distance. Not entirely sure of what animal this noise could belong to, she goes to wake up Mara, hoping the ranger's knowledge will prove invaluable here. This time they both hear the noise. A strange screech like a bird of prey, but with a much deeper rumble. This time it's much closer, and the two freeze on the spot. Out of nowhere, Zankishi snores loudly. With a terrifying screech, the creature charges towards the group. Mara signals the alarm, lighting up a torch. A fearsome owlbear was about to attack. The commotion is loud enough to wake the rest of the group. Immediately, Zankishi lets out a blast of arcane energy, striking the beast and causing it serious pain. Sir Giles grabs his rapier before nimbly hopping into the fray, stabbing the beast before nimbly ducking out of the way. Without his armor on, Kido was going to be fragile in the fight. Instead, he looked to call on divine power to aid him and his friends. Again, Zankichi spotted something odd about Kido's behavior. Instead of reaching for the holy symbol that was proudly displayed around his neck, Kido reached inside his pocket when casting the spell. As a spellcaster himself, this seemed very odd indeed. Despite the blessing being cast upon him, Sir Giles is unable to avoid an assault by the owlbear. As he tries to flee, the beast scratches him deeply with its talons. Falling to the floor, Sir Giles looks up to see the beast that may well kill him this very moment. A fearsome foe, but perhaps not a fitting end for a man of his position. As the beast rears up to take one last fatal swipe, a haunting melody fills the air. Sir Giles looks into the eyes of his would-be killer and sees fear etched across it. It turns tail and flees. The creepy, discordant tones came from Zankishi. For a moment, the rest of the group are left dumbstruck. Upon the realization that they were now in the clear, the group decide to settle back down and head back to sleep. As morning comes, the rest of the group are greeted by a familiar sound, Sir Giles complaining. It appears that someone or something has taken all of his rations. Mara grins knowingly to herself, believing the sprites may be behind this particular mischief. Seeing that his rations were still intact, Kido offers to share his with Sir Giles should he need them, a gesture that is gratefully accepted. As they continue the journey towards the Stone Tooth, 
Sajars takes Mara aside and asks if perhaps the sprites were behind this prank. Somewhat reserved, Mara agrees, suggesting only that the sprites may not like him. As the group follow the road around a particularly obtrusive hill, they find signs of battle on the other side. A pile of bodies is strewn across the road, mostly grey dwarfs, but one elf amongst the bodies. Searching the bodies for clues, it becomes apparent that these have already been picked of all their valuables, their weapons and armour were all gone. Sir Giles notices Kido stand up abruptly, holding something in his hand. A scrap of cloth, the colour of cherry blossoms. Have you found something? But Kido's face is struggling to contain the ambivalence he feels. But if this is here, then that means they could have... She could be... At long last, an indicator that he was on the right trail, that he was going to find her. But from the looks of it, she could be in deep trouble. Confusion gave way to anxiety, and then anxiety gave way to determination. The first time anyone had seen Kido this way. We need to keep moving. Looks like our lovelorn cleric has finally caught a break. But does this spell good news or bad? Find out next time in the next chapter of Baldoa on the Slice and Dice podcast. Want to see our story brought to life with stunning artwork? Support us on Patreon now at patreon.com slash sliceanddd6.